You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about some Auburn Tiger football because it is just around the corner. Now, I guess two weeks of football, regardless of how good it was, it was football, <laughs> um, being played over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've had some football. Um, have you been able to watch any of that over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched a couple of the games. I watched Georgia Tech and FSU last week, almost the entirety, and then I watched uh, Miami and Louisville last night for a good bit. And um, you know, it, it got it's getting better. I think uh, Miami's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that that game was pretty good. And I've been I've been watching NFL. I feel like the NFL product's been better than I thought it would be without <laughs> um, without, without the fans. preseason. But well, even the fans too. Like yeah, like no fans. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's exciting. It, you know, it's it's not SEC football, and that's what we all crave, at least on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like most people in the Southeast, at least, to um, kind of feel that, um, at least to some level, they're ready for SEC football, um, even if they have some minor allegiance to an SEC team. Um, but Jared, let's let's talk about uh, a couple of things. So we'll we'll be talking about the differences from last year to this year with coronavirus and all the regulations and stuff going on i feel like there's been a lot of that information um but at least we can talk through that in just a little bit um and uh finish out with an auburn fan perspective um, which is one of my favorite uh segments and i hope it becomes yours too jared um, this will be your first auburn fan perspective on the sec when there's actual football so we kind of look at what's going on around um, in college football and uh, usually make fun of a lot of stuff so this is a fun time fun time i am all for making fun of stuff including myself <laughs> all right let's start out with um one of the discussions i wanted to talk about was just there's so many changes obviously in 2020 but with football there's been a lot of uh different changes and one of them the 20 percent stadium capacity for sec schools i mean i think there's a minimum of like 500 visitor tickets that are required for each um home stadium um i'm thinking those are probably for families of athletes or friends or something like that um but not too many um what do you think that that's going to do? Um, and now that we've kind of seen that a little bit with other college teams and now even some NFL teams having fans, how do you feel like that, that environment's going to be this year? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're pumping in on, I think in the NFL, they're not pumping it in. They're just, it's on the TV. We hear it. And, and to be honest, from sitting at home, it's not much different. We don't, we don't know about it. If they're not pumping it into the stadium, it's gotta be uber weird for these guys. Yeah. But um and i don't know i probably should know that i don't know if, i think you know, they're gonna be doing that i'm pretty sure at least in the nfl they're doing in the crowd uh, in the stadium 
Even okay. if, if they don't have any fans and they're doing that. Because okay. I think that would be a little weird to just do it via TV, but I guess they could do that too. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I think MLB might just be TV, but I, I don't know. And, it, it, and you know, I will say the few games where there's been 17,000 or so fans, it's been surprisingly louder than I thought it would be. So um, maybe seven – the people that are going to go through the process of showing up are probably <laughs> the ones that are usually wild at games maybe. Yeah. So it's, it, they're having a huge impact on the noise. But it's going to be weird. I mean, it's going to be different. You forget when the camera is zoomed in that there's no fans, and then they zoom out, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, but it, it it doesn't matter how it affects you and us. If it affects the players, that'll be di- – I, I don't know, man. I mean, it could affect them getting up for the game. I, I You just don't know what's going to happen. I think by second quarter, it doesn't matter. But that first quarter, which could be key, is, is where they you get that adrenaline. Yeah. Well, um, any big game when you've got a packed crowd that, that kicks in some extra – adrenaline that you might not have against a western kentucky or something but when you play alabama at home and it's the iron ball a lot of rides on it and you got the fans that are rocking and rolling the whole game or preseason or pre-game i guess um and you feed off that as a player um i I think i think the thing that could be real different 11 a.m games 12 for for us over here in the eastern uh, time zone but 11 a.m. kickoffs are typically very quiet anyway, yeah. so I don't know that we'll feel the full effect come this Saturday, but we go to Athens next Saturday, and it's 7.30 Eastern, <laughs> and, and it's not going to be that loud. So, I mean, it's going to, you know, that's where it's going to be like, wait a minute, this is totally different than what you're used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's just going to be something I feel like everybody's going to have to get used to is limited fans in the stands, but also the volume um, I mean, the ones I've heard, like you said, have been pretty significant. It hasn't been like what I would have imagined 15,000 fans would have sounded like. Um, so maybe you're right. Maybe those fans are the ones that normally are the ones yelling <laughs> the whole time. Um, and, and the good thing is, I know for Auburn, this first game against Kentucky is pretty much all students from what I've heard. Um, yeah, that's going to be big because those, I mean, students are you know, they're wild and crazy and, and we love them for that. They're going to be real loud, probably as loud as you can be for however many we're allowing in. But, um, yeah, going forward when it's a mix of who's there, it's probably not going to be as loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another kind of thing that's going to be interesting as far as audio goes, the band will be there. Um, and I've seen, uh, how other schools have done it. Um, I think they're going to definitely social distance with the band. So they're not going to be crammed into that one little corner section, the student section. I think it will be at least a couple sections. Um, so, and then on top of that, you got, uh, the tiger paws and the majorettes and the flag line and all those, I'm sure they're going to be spread out, um, doing their thing. Um, the one that I think will be kind of interesting is the cheerleaders. Um, it sounds like they're not allowed on the field, which I, kind of get i mean it makes sense they want to limit as many people on the field so they're going to end up putting the cheerleaders um on the front rows uh right in that the student section kind of the corner over there um so they'll be visible but it's going to be interesting because they're not going to be facing necessarily where the student section would normally be they're probably going to be facing more towards the field which i guess for the cheerleaders is going to be kind of nice they're going to actually probably be able to watch more of the game than they probably ever have but uh, from them leading cheers, it may be kind of different. So I don't know how to feel about that either. Um, it's just all going to be, it's going to be weird, but you know what? As soon as that whistle blows and they kick off, we can all be 
uh, excited that that we got to this point. Yeah. You know, could have easily not happened. Yeah. I mean, you and I have definitely wavered over this off season of, um, I've, I've, I thought at some level we're going to have some football that I think we will do. I think we'll play a full season. I mean, it's still obviously up in the air, but I think it's kind of a telltale of what's going on with other um, colleges. I mean, so far so good. And we've had two, two weeks of college football. Um, And then even if you look at, even at the high school realm, a lot of those games are still going on. So, um, and they started even before college football, a lot of them did. So um, that's kind of encouraging to me just to think that we might even get in those full 10, 10 games, unless just a, crazy outbreak of players um and coronavirus happens wait 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 we're not we're going like the big 10 right we're going to get in the nine games plus one isn't that how the big 10 <laughs> does things we'll get into that later yeah i don't think the big 10 knows how to count uh <laughs> at all but you know. we're gonna play eight games plus one so that's nine yeah why don't right? you just yeah. say nine games but yeah, they also have 12 teams in the big 10. So they have 12 yeah, teams in the big 10. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, yeah, it's uh sorry. I got off track there. <laughs> um, there's also no tailgating on campus. So that'll be a little different. Um, if you do go to the game or you're a student on campus, you're not going to see all those big white tents from the tailgate guys. Um, and, uh, another kind of interesting thing, like more on the field, I wanted to talk about, there's a few new, obviously things like face masks, face coverings are required. Um, but actually the student managers and the players all, at least for Auburn are required to wear gloves. So even though you don't necessarily want gloves, like a lot of, I know defensive linemen or something like that may not like to have gloves. They're actually still, they're required to wear gloves. Um, and they're just thinking, you know, minimize the amount of touching the football with their physical hands. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I think the only players allowed to touch the ball with their hands are going to be the quarterbacks. Um, and then even after say, you know, the ball goes and, uh, I don't know, goes off the field or something. I think they're going to sanitize the ball and, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what that kind of looks like so far from what I've seen from college football, they they've seemed to do a pretty good job of, you know, managing the sanitization of uh, that kind of stuff. I can already see Nick Saban making an excuse after he loses to us by three that, you know, gloves help you block better or something. <laughs> and so that rule needs to be changed. We should have never had COVID. And, yeah, I I can just see the Saban excuses starting now. Sorry, my brain was just thinking. No, you're probably right. And Saban's going to come up with something like, but Auburn sanitized the ball, so it's going to be too slippery. And I'm like, yeah. dude, we're touching the ball too. Like, it, whatever. Um, that's going to be no, same no, mentality. No excuses though. No excuses. That's in the locker room. <laughs> None. Um, another couple things on the field. Um, uh, there's no live animals, which I think a lot of Auburn fans were definitely bummed about because that means no Eagle flight before the game. Um, and, uh, I think that's, that's kind of a sad thing considering I think it's been going for what, 20, 30 years or something like that. Um, to have the Eagle fly before pretty much every home game. Um, and, uh, we'll see how that happened, how, how, like maybe next year, hopefully they get that back. I've seen the Eagles still practicing, at least from their Twitter account. So excited about that. Um, that AJ, you just made me feel real old because I think that started maybe like a year before I got into college. And you just say (laughs) 20 or 30 years, I'm getting old, my man. (laughs) And I'm not, 
that that young anymore either. So yeah. <laughs> no, but you're younger than I am. Um, another couple of things that I thought were kind of interesting that are again more on the field. So refs are going to have these electric whistles. They're going to have them on their belts. So you may not notice it, um, but it makes sense. They're they're having to wear uh, face coverings, so uh, having to take a whistle and blow would just not make sense. And then include all that with just anything that they touched from that point on would potentially get um, potentially infected or whatever. So um, you're, you're just thinking that that's probably a good, good move by them. Um, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and this will help with, uh, I think they might have even done this before coronavirus, but they decided to extend the sideline area where the players can stand from 50 yards um, to 70 yards. So they're essentially able to go, I think to like the 15 on each side of the field. Um, so that's going to help just general, um, spacing people out. Uh, and I think that's a, going to be a ongoing thing, not just for this year, um, from my understanding. So if a kicker misses a important field goal, he's going to feel even more isolated. They're going to move him mm-hmm. like, no, no, keep going. Yep. <laughs> keep going. Yep. Go on down there. Exactly. He's going to have more space to just be by himself. <laughs> be by himself. Get on down there. You don't need to be over here by coach right now. That's right. Um, and another kind of thing that I saw the SEC just came out with that's uh, uh, kind of their rules on um, how they determine does a team play or not. Um, because now the SEC is taking over the testing for coronavirus. Um, one of their testing criteria is uh, for – both teams that are playing, they have to have, both have 53 scholarship players on each of their teams uh, available to play. Um, they also have to, included in that 53, is one quarterback and then also seven offensive linemen and seven defensive linemen all included in that 53 scholarship players. So, um, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? I mean, it seems uh, like well, a good you, number. I, yeah. You said it, you know, when we were getting on, and I started doing math, and that was not my strong suit. But if you have 11 on the offense, 11 on defense, and then you take one backup for each position, I mean, you're already at 44 players. So you can't even go three deep at each position and get to 53. So initially that number seemed kind of high. I was like, why 53? But now that I think about it, you can't even go three deep at each spot. And, you know, I mean, we got – four running backs that might start. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, not every position even has that. I think I think that's probably not a bad idea because what's going to happen is um, if somebody is limited at a position and a kid is, eh, does he have a concussion? Does he not? They look at the bench. We don't have a guy to replace him. Send mm-hmm. him back out. So that's probably why they're setting those rules, like just to keep people from making bad decisions yeah. about a player's health. Yeah, and there was – I think it was one of the first games was um, one of the long snappers was out and maybe even the backup long snapper was out because of coronavirus or something like that. And so they had to put in a guy that was not used to it and he ended up snapping over the puncher's head a few times. I mean, it's just – it makes for sloppy football. So to have some sort of – we want it to be a, at least some good level of football, even if there is maybe a breakout – of coronavirus um, in a team. Um, well, they are letting the Pac-12 play, so they don't care much about – I'm kidding. 
You said level of football. Sorry. Yeah, fair. I, That's fair. I, they. I'm yeah. joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pac-12. Hey, just speaking of that, Justin uh, Herbert, is that his name? He's yeah. playing for uh, the Chargers. If his defense would have held off, man, he would have beaten Kansas City today. He looked really good. Him as a rookie. I mean, I knew he was – when we played him, he was good. And I was thinking yeah. he's he's NFL caliber. But I honestly didn't think he'd get start like a starting position this I, early. I think somebody got hurt, but he may not be giving it back because I think he threw for over 300 yards. So he looked pretty good, which, you know, we beat him last year and it made me feel, you know, kind of made me feel good. I was like, hey, we beat that guy. He's, he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. So we've talked about the different rule changes and the different kinds of things that are set in place because of coronavirus. Um, and then let's round it out with uh, the Auburn fan perspective on the SEC. Um, this is uh, really our time to kind of just look around and see what's going on. Um, I'm going to expand that a little bit this week since there hasn't been any SEC football in the last uh really what is this now nine months so uh let's talk about other teams too um that are actually playing um one of them is miami we were talking about it a little bit we mentioned uh, how well they've been playing and guess what rhett lashley the the former offensive coordinator um for auburn he uh he's now the offensive coordinator at miami seems to be flourishing in his first year there as offensive coordinator um and I like this. Uh, I was uh, I saw this from Peter Green. He's he was like, um, <laughs> and now with Rhett Lashley just having a great season, or at least a great start to the season, we're like, yep, that's going to be Auburn's next head coach. And I was like, you know what? That would be so Auburn to to do something like that. Um, <laughs> Rhett <laughs> was looking feisty that. down there. Yeah, it would be like Auburn. Rhett was looking feisty on the sideline, man. I like yeah. it. He was a. Um, he got he pretty not, mad a couple times. He did. He wasn't playing around. Um, it was funny. He was getting as much face time and air time as uh, uh, I can't think of their head coach. I can't think of anybody's name tonight. But he got as much fa- air time as their head coach. Yeah. And Auburn got a lot of publicity. Uh, Herbie kept talking about Auburn and Gus and mentioned Cam and Nick Marshall and how their uh, their uh, Derek King or whoever the quarterback is, how he's not the same caliber but kind of a similar style. So yeah. We got a lot of. I mean, we were probably mentioned seven or eight times last night. That that's so weird. Like, I feel like Auburn's not mentioned 
in that just a random game unless hey people got Auburn on their mind and I'll take that um another one that I ended up noticing was uh the former Auburn quarterback Malik Willis um you know he was essentially second sometimes third string quarterback uh, for Auburn and uh, he ended up transferring to Liberty uh he ended up getting the starting position there and uh, ended up passing for 133 yards with 13 of 21. Uh, also, and this is, I think, the, the key here, he ran the ball a lot. He had 168 yards on the ground and had three touchdowns. 21, ca- 21 carries. Yeah, three, yeah, three touchdowns is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's good to see him doing that. I liked Malik. Um, and he actually played at a, a high school right near my office. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, – it's, you know, he didn't leave on bad terms. I like him. I um, always thought he was very talented. He, he had that uh, that zone, that read option. He read, man, when he read it right, which was not often, unfortunately, but when he <laughs> did, he took, he was gone. I mean. Yeah. There um, was no stopping him. No. He had, he had the type of speed that reminds me of Anthony Schwartz, but in a quarterback yeah. form. Yeah. He was very fast. Um, yeah. His problem was he just, I think he made up his mind before the, the play as to if he was going to keep it or not but when when it was the when it was the correct uh option he he did it very well yeah exactly um and then another one that i noticed was fsu so mike norvell um the head coach of fsu um tested positive and uh, i just kind of thought that was kind of interesting so um because that may end up happening to a uh hopefully not to auburn but you never know um, what coach gets coronavirus and has to essentially also sit out. Um, it sounds like Mark Nor- Mike Norvell is able to do the practices and via Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. Um, but as soon as the game happens, he's not allowed to call anybody. He's not allowed to be on in the stand or in the stadium at all, um, which I guess makes sense. I mean, you don't want somebody with coronavirus in your stadium um, if you can help it. And uh, they, I don't know what. How do you think that's gonna look as far as other coaches and other schools and how they approach this? If one of their main coaches or offensive coordinator or defensive coordinators get it, yeah, Mike Norvell needs to be calling the Houston Astros and ask them how to uh, get some tips on how to uh, you know get calls in and stuff when they're not supposed to. I think um, I, you know it's interesting because I had said and. It, it, I, he probably didn't get it on the field, but I, I had told multiple people, I said, Florida, like probably only 20% of Florida state's coaches had their mask on at all mm. during the game. And it was kind of interesting. I said that before I knew he got it. So I, I think the coaches need to be very careful. I know, no, I know nobody wants to be doing any of this, trust me, but, and Gus wears some weird looking like reverse shield. Have you seen his? Yeah, it's like, it's a, like hanging from his chin. <laughs> yeah. It's like a weird looking. So at the end of the day, every just, and might not may have not gotten it from that, and I hope the best for him. But let's just put the mask on, do what we can to prevent this from happening, spreading it to anybody else, because um, you just don't want to see coaches coming down with this. And as far as how it's going to affect the team, it's going to have a huge impact. I mean, he's their head coach, and he's not able to coach. So um, I'm not saying he got it from that situation, but it was weird because I, I watched I've watched several games, and theirs was the one where nobody had one on. Um, mm-hmm. And so just, you know, just kind of let's everybody at least do that, take care of the players, take care of the coaches, and see if we can have a full season here. That's right. Um, 
And another kind of thing that was kind of outside the SEC before we jump into a couple SEC things um, was Big Ten. Um, we originally thought, oh, they're they're essentially canceling their season, and then they, of course, as they come they come back and say, ah, we're actually having a season. Like we've mentioned, they said they're having eight games, but they're really <laughs> playing nine games. So I don't understand this at all. We're gonna play four games plus five. Yeah, that's real smart. Yep. So you're playing nine games. <laughs> Just say nine games. All right, thanks. <laughs> Rant over. Um, they're they're quite an an enigma. Um, I'm. It makes me greatly appreciate how the SEC has done things. Uh, they they're not trying to. I mean, I'm sure there are things that are going on behind the scenes, but. At least they they seem to be very transparent with most of the stuff and the decisions and what they're deciding. It's not outrageous. It seems to be in line. And yet Big Ten is like, uh, no, we're just going to shut down football and not give any schools in the Big Ten. You know, just stupid stuff. That AJ, I, I saw somebody on ESPN say that the Big Ten handled this better than any other conference <laughs> situation. Wait, they you, they... you have to be kidding me right now. Like, no, for no, real? No, he, somebody legitimately yeah. had that stance? No, he was probably paid pretty handsomely from ESPN, and he said the Big Ten handled this very well. No and way. That they did not give in to pressure. What What kind of idiot would say that? I mean, the whole thing I'm thinking is, listen, I'm not talking about player safety. If you don't want to play football for player safety, I'm totally okay with that. Wow. But, but they had presidents coming out saying in their conference, we didn't have a vote. Like, nobody was on the same page. They have no idea. And the, and I fully believe the only reason they, they did succumb to pressure to start it back up because they were getting sued and they were going to have to present in court what made them decide this. And I think they basically just said, yeah, let's go ahead and play again. <laughs> so, I, uh, listen, if you don't want to play because of player safety, that's perfectly fine. But I, they were not on the same page in this whole process. So to say that they did it the best, uh-uh. uh, I found that rather interesting. No, I mean, he's just trying to spin something. And yet his spin was an absolutely terrible. I mean, like we we live in the age of hot takes. That is the, I don't know. It's not even hot. It's yeah. super cold in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah, that's just, I, well, I heard that. And he, and he, and, um, Palmer, Jesse Palmer actually kind of called him out on it and he, he doubled down on it. Um, and I'm, I just, yeah, it, it was surprising. Nothing I need to keep going on about. But I, again, player safety, fully get it. <laughs> but they were not on the same page. I, I don't know what led them to cancel in the first place. And I think they were afraid that would get out. Uh, uh maybe the lack of what, they actually did to do that and so they got back together and said yeah we're gonna be playing man yeah i think they they retroactively were like uh we're seeing other conferences do this i guess we can do it too i mean that that's more or less what happened and well, and players were prob- pissed and everybody everybody yeah was, and i, th- I think they probably it. thought everybody was going to follow that trend and follow suit and a lot of conferences didn't and some people were calling mm-hmm. them stubborn and stupid and you can call them whatever you want i don't know it, it, listen i'm not trying to decide whether they should or should not be playing but how the big 10 handled that situation was far from good yeah <laughs> so absolutely. that's all that's my only point yeah um let's talk about a few of the sec teams and kind of what's going on with them I wanted to bring this one up texas a&m um, they're moving their midnight yell practice online. So I don't know how that's going to work. Are you just going <laughs> to yell into your computer screen or phone screen? Like, what the heck? You, they're uh, yelling weird. and nothing's coming out. They're like, please unmute your, uh, please, please unmute Zoom. Wait, oh, you're, dude. Oh, can you, we need to do an uh, SNL skit. That we was, should, 
Oh, you know, well, what is it? Uh, SEC shorts. Those yes, guys need the to SEC do... shorts need to do this. They need yes. to parody this right now. If not, uh, I'll do it. I'll uh, figure Bob, out a way can to you please it. unmute your computer. Oh, your internet connection. Oh, we're not hearing you. Oh, yeah. Now you're <laughs> now you're going out. I, yes, that should be a great SEC shorts. Oh, uh, fantastic. Um, another one is uh, Auburn's playing Miss in Missouri, um, and Alabama's only favored by twenty one and a half points. That seems extremely low to me. Does it seem to you? Yeah, it kind of does. It frustrates me that they're that good. Where you're like twenty one and a half. What's wrong with that? Well, I'm <laughs> just you're like right. it's Missouri. You're right. Yeah, you're right. They should be favored by more than that. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, maybe Vegas is right about this one, but I expect like Alabama to win by like forty. I'm being honest. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, they still have. So I know they lost a lot of those receivers, but I think they at least brought back one, didn't they? Or uh, um, maybe, yeah, maybe I think two. at least one or two. I know Judy and Ruggs went pro. I don't know yeah. who else they brought back, but yeah, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be just fine. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Florida is playing Ole Miss. Um, I, I think I'm just excited about that one for Lane Kiffin and see how he does. The Lane I mean, this train. is his is coming back into the SEC party. Um. And uh, guess what? You get to face uh, this top level Florida team that we're currently ranked number five in the AP poll. So, yeah, have fun with that one and uh, try to figure out what you're gonna do. But <laughs> yeah, what are you going? Yeah, I, I tell you, one that's intriguing is Mississippi State and LSU. I mean, I listen. LSU is probably gonna run the table again because I'm saying this, but I mean they lost to everybody. And mm-hmm. I know we say this every week, but they literally lost to everybody. Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah, and that's that's the part where I'm like, there's teams that are definitely underrated, and then there's teams that are overrated. LSU's ranked number six. I, I'm calling them way overrated. But I guess they got to have some credence and credibility for winning a national championship last year. But, like, number six? Like, I don't know about that. That's pretty high up there. But... It's it's going to be uh, – I mean, I, I will just say, and I've said I'm being very fair, Auburn needs to be on upset alert. Everybody needs to be on upset alert. But when you lose your entire team, the coaching staff that created that team, yeah. I mean, they lost their de- – we forget we lost. they lost their defensive coordinator. I mean, he's the guy mm-hmm. that – he was the highest-paid defensive coordinator in college football. I can't think of his name. Dave Aranda. I mean, he's – where's he coaching now? I, I think he got a head coaching job somewhere. So, I, I just forgot that until now. They don't even have the – now, they did bring in Bo Pelini, who was, you know, he he was there, you know, with less miles in the beginning and, and is a good coordinator. But um, there's a lot going on over there, so they need to – they'll probably win by 40. That <laughs> <laughs> may be the case. But I would say they need to be they need to be careful, as Reese Davis would say. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the last game, there's other games going on, like George versus Arkansas, care less, Vandy versus Texas A&M, again, could care less. Um, you don't want to wait, wait, wait. You don't want to see Georgia's got the forty-year-old anniversary national championship patch they're wearing. You don't want to oh, see that. No, I don't care. Yeah, do not okay. care. <laughs> <laughs> I just found it interesting. They were that is hilarious. That, that's the joke against them with most people, and they're actually advertising it now. So, anyways, go ahead. Wow. Carry on. Well, good for them. You <laughs> won something forty years ago, and the Georgia Tech fans are going to be like, "But we won it sooner than y'all win a national championship." You're like. Okay, yeah, true. I mean, facts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, in college football fun. Yeah, it's great. I love Smack we, Talk. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last one I want to talk about was uh, Tennessee versus South Carolina. Um, I'm thinking Muschamp is going to be on the hot seat. I mean, if he's not already uh, going 4-8 and eight last year, 
I'm curious to see what he does this year, um, if he can turn things around and win uh, consistently. Uh, because last year it was like they beat Georgia and then they beat just nobody, essentially. Um, that was yeah, I think Tennessee at 15 might be a little overzealous. Maybe, uh, yeah. But I've seen some weird rankings. I saw some teams yesterday that would not normally be ranked that are – I mean, Appalachian State was 23rd. I saw another team that was Louisiana, not yeah. LSU. Louisiana, I know they beat a Big 12 team the yeah. week before, but they were ranked. The Raging Cajun. Yeah, so it's uh, it's just a weird year. But I think 15 may be a little overzealous for them. Maybe. People can I mean, they, the they definitely Auburn. have the uh, last, what, six games, I think, of last year that they, were, that they won. But we looked at those in the preseason, yeah. and they, they weren't that great of wins. Listen, I like Tennessee. I, I know a lot of people – I want them to be good. We need another team to give Alabama fit. Mm-hmm. I want Tennessee to be good. I have several buddies that I really like that are Tennessee fans. Um, I just think, they, and I think they're on the right track. The 15 might be a little, low. might be a little high. Yeah, for me. I think so too. Jerry, before we get out of here, do you want to give them your social media so they can stay in contact with you? Yep. Uh, not much to it. Just find me on Facebook or Instagram under Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?